Hey there, listeners. It's been a hot minute. (laughs) We know we've been away for a while. Obviously, life has been crazy. Um, But in our absence, we've been planning out the new season, and we wanted to sit down real quick to give you a scoop on what's coming down the pipe. We're really excited because we are shaking things up from head to toe on the show. Surprise! We have a new format. We are bringing our love of music together with our love of creative writing. It is an exercise in the marriage of two art forms that we hold dear. That's so sweet. I try. (laughs) Every episode, we are going to pick one song to inspire a short story written by yours is truly. Spoken like a true writer. We'll still open our short like before talking about music we love just nowhere near as many songs each episode just just the one in fact then we dive into our stories we'll share these stories with you and each other that's right we won't know what the other has written until we record our episode so you as the audience get to experience it when we do and then we have an on-air therapy discussion where we ask each other you okay? And the answer's always no. But our love of music and of storytelling can finally come together in a fun new way that we get to share with all of you. You may be asking yourself, why did we choose to change our show in its entirety? The short answer is because it's our show and we wanted to. The long answer is that we aren't completely changing the format. We still talk about some of our favorite songs like we always do. We still share memories like we always do. And I crack jokes while Adrienne wonders why she got into the podcast game in the first place. I still don't have an answer. We're going to have a lot of fun. So strap in, Rhapsody fam, because we are diving into this new season headfirst. Right into the deep end. No kiddie pools for you. listeners we're alive (laughs) i had to do one i had to do one it's october i'm within my rights i applaud you thank you you. welcome to rhapsody and reverie it's a brand new season and a brand new format and we missed you it's a brand new day so Brand new episode, brand new season, brand new outlook on life. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, y'all already heard the intro intro, so you know what we're about to do. The intro to the intro? The The pre-intro? The pre-intro. The the pre- mm. Oh, can't, can't make that joke. This is a PG-13 <laughs> show. <laughs> I know exactly what you were going to say. This it's, is not that type of show. This fam. is a PG-13 show. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, I'm so happy to be back. Uh, I know you're happy to be back. And let's just, let's just pump into <laughs> <laughs> You tried to change it. Yeah. And it, and I made it worse. Yeah. 
I appreciate that you tried. Thank you. Really do. Thank you. That makes me feel a little better, actually. <laughs> but um, yes. So you heard the pre-intro. You know the drill. You know what you've gotten yourself into. If you don't like it, now's the time to hit exit. But but we hope you don't. But we hope you don't. Please don't, actually, because I think you really are gonna like the new show. I think you guys are gonna like the new vibe. Uh, and I, I think that you'll have fun while we have fun. It'll it'll be very obvious how much fun we're having, and we want you to want you have fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Without further ado, what song are we using for our inaugural episode? Why did I become William Shatner? I then, I don't know. I wasn't even a good William Shatner. I'm so upset with myself. Anyway, for real, uh, what song are we doing? So for our very first episode in our brand new format, we are talking about all things Boys Get Straight by Johnny Marr. What a very interesting choice, I have to say. It is. In, well, a, in, a, in a way, when I first heard the song, I would not have expected you to suggest it. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm curious as to know why, but before I ask you that, I'll just give a brief, like, for those of you who don't know, Boys Get Straight is off of Johnny Marr's uh, second solo album, Playland, which was released on October 6, 2014. And if the name Johnny Marr sounds familiar, you probably know him as the guitarist of the Smiths. Kind of a big deal. See, what's funny is I didn't know that. And I, I listen <laughs> to the Smiths on occasion, but the only name I know of. Don't say it. There's <laughs> In, That's the, fair. in, in That's my defense, fair. he That's makes fair. such a big deal out of himself. Like, It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. But whatever. This isn't about the Smiths. This is about Johnny Marr. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, that's basically what you need to know to set it off. But I'm curious now to know why you think this is such an interesting choice for me. I don't know. It it didn't it didn't feel like a song that you would have listened. I don't know. It almost feels like it's a song that could have very easily come from like a born identity. <laughs> or or like, I don't know. Uh because when I when I hear the song, I feel like it's a very like physical action-y angry song, but I could be wrong about that. I don't I don't know. I tried looking into the history of this song and like what the song specifically meant. I couldn't find anything about it really. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a really great song actually. And I'm, I'm happy that you uh, shared it with me because now I get to enjoy this song and Johnny Marr, who I had not previously known about. So that's cool. Yeah, no, I mean, Johnny Marr, first of all, um, is great. I, the funny thing is, you know, like, I, you know, I can kind of dig at you for not knowing, like, Johnny Marr was in the Smiths, but I actually didn't even know that when I first heard about Johnny Marr. My first exposure to him was because he 
for a brief time was in Modest Mouse. And he worked with them on their album, We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank, which is my favorite Modest Mouse record. That's cool. That's how I, like, first knew of Johnny Marr as, like, an as an artist and a person um and it was my brother who told me about him being in the smiths and stuff but i didn't actually end up listening to the smiths until college um so like i it it was interesting to kind of get that sort of exposure to him and i'm i'm sure plenty of other people have had similar kind of relationships um to him as a result because he has been in like a lot of other bands and worked with a lot of other artists um obviously he's a very iconic figure in rock music and uh his guitar playing is like arguably like a a defining of a generation Um, oh yeah it's insane it is insane (laughs) yeah um so yeah so i can uh, like I can't, I can't knock you too much for not knowing like that Johnny Marr was in the Smiths because technically I didn't know that when I first like uh, found out about him. But yeah, I love his guitar playing. That's honestly like ninety percent of why I like We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank as much as I do, because uh, the guitar on that record is insane and a lot of what i love about johnny marr and his solo albums is like just how crazy good the guitar is and voice get straight is like the perfect example of that like oh yeah for sure in your face like you're right like there is this like kind of angry uh driving kind of it sounds like it could be in an action movie um like vibe to it and that's why i love it like it is it's one of those songs that like if i want to get like really really hyped up like that's what i go to and like yeah it's just a vibe it, it it's it's a very 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 urgent vibe yes i would agree with that yeah and I'm I'm very interested. Um, we'll talk about this later when we read like stories. But I'm very interested one to see how you interpreted it with your story, and then also how you respond to the direction that I went with it. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, I have to say I did struggle with this one a little bit in the beginning because. I had only, I had one image in my head and I, it was very difficult to turn one image into an entire story. And I will tell you what that one image is after I read it, because I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for you. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Uh, And I I can relate because I kind of had a similar like thing when I sat down to actually like think about what type of story I would write with this like I had an image in my head and I was like well that image can't just be the story (laughs) like so I I, it's interesting that we had a similar struggle interesting Uh, well I'm glad we both got to try that 
that kind of level of writing exercise out in a way, if you think about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sh- shall we begin? Are you ready? Because you're up first. I'm up first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, uh, yes, I'm ready to begin <laughs> whenever you are. Yeah, you sure? You yeah. don't seem ready, fam. I'm sure. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure. I'm ready. Uh okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so my story is called Splinter. A story inspired by Johnny Mars Boys Get Straight. Pause, you're already doing better than me because I don't even have a title. Ah! <laughs> I was a right cunt back in my day in the house scene. Yay! My age or whatever people okay. Say. Splinter. A story inspired by Johnny Mars. Boys get straight. I was a destructive little shit back in my day in the halcyon days of my youth or whatever people say. But I don't tell you that as an excuse. I knew I was a shit then and I know I'm a shit now. I only clarify so you understand just where I'm coming from when I say that I desired nothing more than complete annihilation. You see, my mom had died and I was full of fury. I had no real outlet. My dad expected me to rise to the occasion and help take care of my baby sister, but I couldn't bear to be in that house. That house that smelled of sick and of death and of cancerous lungs. I suffocated every night inside those four walls for a while until I started sneaking out with Tommy. Tommy understood the rage, the pain of it all, even if both of his folks were alive and he was middle class while I was poor and he could afford to get away to school and I was going to be stuck, doomed to this small town hell. This fucking small town. He understood. It wasn't exact, it could never be, but he did more to understand than my dad and I didn't need a mirror. I needed a friend, an outlet, a conductor to direct my rage. Say, he said to me one night while we were stargazing and doing things that were too calm to feed the beast of rage inside of me. Have you ever tried mailbox baseball? Of course I hadn't. I had never heard of such a thing in my whole life, and when he told me about it, how it had basically died out in our parents' time, in their youth, I looked him right in the eye and asked him if he was fucking stupid. He denied it, as boys do, but kept at it, trying to get me to try it. He said he had a baseball bat in his car. He said we could try right now. And that's how it went for a while. Tommy would drive and I would swing, sometimes so hard I would break the chunks of wood off the bat and the splinters would decorate the sky like stars. No, not like stars, they became them. It made me feel better for a while. It made me feel as if the things I did caused a direct action, a ripple in the pond of the world that I could see. I did not care if it hurt other people. I hoped it did. And when Tommy had to take splinters from the bat out of my palm and pour, at my insistence, rubbing alcohol directly into my open wounds and blisters, well, that was the only time I felt truly at one with the universe. My dad suspected nothing about what I was doing because we never bashed mailboxes in our neighborhood. He'd know if we did. He seemed to know that I was committing acts of wanton destruction in some form or another. He just thought I was getting banged by Tommy in the back of his truck. He was so sure, in fact, that he warned me one night that if I came home with a baby, he was throwing me out. This house had a way of poisoning mothers. I figured a quick send-off into the night, a baseball bat into the brain, sending your soul splintering into a million pieces across the universe. No, that was a way to go. 
But the night Tommy tried to fondle my breast and in doing so threw everything we stood for out the window. The night Tommy tried to make me feel something other than hate and rage, something good that my soul had no room for. The night he thought that enough time had passed for me to let something other than the pain into my heart, I kicked him in the balls. I thought for a split second about stealing his truck, about driving it into the lake, but the doors of his truck are so old that you have to ram them shut and I feared I would drown. The only thing I feared more than living was dying. So I walked off. Mind you, I was blinded by rage as well as the night. The moon was just a sliver in the sky and the stars were hiding behind clouds. The amber streetlights that lined the sidewalk sporadically did not soothe me, but felt to me like a flaming, slow-burning rage within me, stoking fire that had been burning in my chest for months. Burning. 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 And maybe it's because I was so busy burning that I did not see the thing in front of me, standing just outside the lamplight. Not at first. Women can't afford to be inside their own head for too long when they walk home alone at night, especially if home is a half hour away and they were stupid and forgot the knife that they were always carrying in the side of their boot at home on the dresser. As I stared into the darkness, finally registering the figure of a person standing in the dim light ahead of me, while I remained in the dark, I realized then just what a hot-headed fool I had been. I didn't call out. I was too scared to, didn't want to draw attention. I hoped that by staying silent, that I could sneak off into the shadows and slip home in the back way, through the woods. My dad had always told me that was dangerous, but he didn't know how lethal suburbia could be to a 17-year-old girl without a car with only half a brain. I backed away slowly without taking my eyes off of the figure, intending to cut through the trees that peered just behind the two houses I had passed at the last light. The figure stepped forward. My breath caught in my throat then, but I thought about it. Perhaps this person lived here, or was making their way home, and was just as scared of me as I was of them. We seemed about the same size. Maybe they were a woman too, scared of the dark, or rather what lurked in it. I closed my eyes, took a breath, and backed up once more. The person just ahead of me stepped forward again. I wasn't sure what to make of that, except maybe that I wasn't worrying nearly enough. I had never really been in a situation like this, only heard about it. Do I stand my ground? Do I fight? And if I fought with what? I had left my bat behind. Don't... Don't come any closer, I said, my voice shaking. Or I... I'll call the police. I have a friend who lives just in here who will let me use their phone and I... Oh, just leave me alone, alright? The figure tilted its head to the side and stood motionless for a short while that felt like an eternity. I caught myself mirroring its movements and righted my head, my heart beating a mile a minute. The thing's head snapped up at the same time. Then it took its first step into the light. It wasn't a person at all, but a thing, a sharp and evil thing made of shards of wood that shifted as it moved. It was grinding, moving, a wooden thing composed of angry shards that stuck out at awkward angles held together by some dark force I didn't dare to think about. As it angled into view, violently jerking into motion, I saw that the faceless wooden thing was the exact rough shape as mine. It had no mouth, but I heard every rattling breath it took, each pained heave of a breath in its breast. The claws flexed eagerly, and the body almost glowed in the orange streetlight. I ran. 
I bolted straight for the trees, knowing I could not go home any other way. I ran until my sides ached and my face bled, though whether it was the outstretched claws of the creature or the branches of the trees that flew by me, I couldn't tell. I could hear the heavy, ragged breaths behind me as they mingled with my own, which only made me run faster. Home, I thought. If only I can make it home, I'll be safe. If only I can close the door behind me. I burst through the trees, my home only ten feet ahead of me. The lights were on in my room, a beacon of safety guiding my way. I could make it. I knew I could. All I had to do was keep going a little further. The door was within my reach now. When I stretched out my hand, the thing caught hold of my jacket. But though it held fast, I pulled harder. I heard the jacket tear, and for a split second, I thought I could feel the flesh being torn from my back, but I ripped free. I stumbled, but only for a moment. I threw open the door and slammed it shut behind me. I bolted the door and stood there for a moment, recalling how to breathe, my eyes adjusting to the darkness. I wept then, silently, as the tension left my body. I could hear the creaking of the thing just beyond the door, and I could feel the malevolent presence yearning to come in. But just as the childish part of my brain had assumed, it could not come in. I took a long time to move away. I washed every dish in the kitchen sink, caked with food. Dishes that had been piling up since the day of the funeral. I tiptoed up the stairs and walked to my room as quietly as a cat and pulled the blinds aside to look out over the street. The thing made of shards stood, staring at me with its eyeless, lifeless face. Its pantomime breathing, for I couldn't see how it had any lungs, was hard and ragged like mine still was, despite everything I was doing to force a calmness on my soul. I came away from the window and went to the bed, but I don't think I slept. I never saw Tommy again, not after school anyway. I knew he wouldn't understand, and that the temptation to lose myself in the violence would be too great to overcome. And something told me that I should let it out of me. That thing from the woods would be able to cross the threshold into my home. I never took aim at a mailbox and sent it blasting into the sky again. I was too afraid to stay out after dark. Sure, I could hear the sounds of thousands of shards of wood, of angry splinters shuffling against each other, of a haggard breathing that came from somewhere else, and also deep inside of me. Each night I could see the beast from outside my bedroom window pacing like a hungry lion, like all the entropy I had released in me was coming back to claim my dues. My father remarked to me the other afternoon when I was visiting that I have tamed myself, that I have calmed down from my wild and angry youth. But that isn't true. I'm still angry. I'm still wild. I still hate. But I can no longer afford to feed it. The end! <laughs> Yay! Yay! Yeah. Woohoo! Um... Well, first of all, you're an incredible writer. This oh, was this thank was not you. news to me at all. Um, it's just funny to me because, like, <laughs> it, it's funny to me because, like, you're prior to recording this. Yeah, you were just like, oh yeah, I don't um, struggle it. I just have bullet points, and then you come and you just like knock it out the park. <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> yes, look at that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it was good. Interesting. Interesting take on the song. Thank you. Yeah, like it's, I mean, I think this is the cool part about doing this is that like, 
it's like the way that two people can interpret a song can be so different oh yeah Um, for sure yeah so yours also has a kind of happy ending which is nice does it does it have a happy ending it's it's an ambiguously happy ending in the sense of like happy and well first of all the thing didn't kill her that's true that's That's true that's great um and i guess she she kind of straightened out her life but also is not like it's this weird kind of like a I'm doing better, but I'm not okay. Yeah, no, like that's that's what I definitely wanted it to be, because like I I wanted it to almost be like a representation of what her anger was in 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 coping. But it's like it's like so much that's like, okay, you want annihilation, I eat you now, but it can't. I'm I'm curious. So, was it something in the song that made you sort of take it that way? The oh, okay. So this is the part where I'm like, this is the only thing I got from the song was the image of fucking mailbox baseball. <laughs> that is the only thing. <laughs> that is the only part of this story that I kept seeing. I had I rewrote this story multiple times. That like taking it in different directions but the only one that's the only part that stayed the same was somebody is angry enough to take a baseball bat to a mailbox (laughs) i just like that's what i saw like somebody really really pissed off doing that um yeah everything else was well i mean it's halloween and i was like it's gonna be kind of silly a monster made of splinters and then okay you're gonna find this funny uh the way my bedroom is situated uh there's an alcove right out of my window where pigeons sometimes roost and it was like four in the morning and they were like and i was like no (laughs) (laughs) and i was like god damn it i played myself (laughs) oh god yeah. So you spooked yourself. I, I spooked myself. We love to see it. Hey, it is the season. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. No, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, it was interesting at the start. Because um, there, like, there are some similarities with yours and the imagery that I kind of conjured up. But then as it went on, it completely, like, kind of went a different direction. But not, yeah, we'll get to that point. But, like, it, I liked your story a lot because it was, um, well, first of all, it was, like, it, it, it's just really well written, which, I mean, Aww. dear listeners, like, we all Katarina is like well first of all she was an English major so like (laughs) that doesn't I need you to know that doesn't mean anything (laughs) well no I need you to know you like you write and you can tell that you are a person that's very well read I think that's what I like about your reading is that you can tell like just how passionate you are about literature 
Aww. in your writing. So well, I like thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome, fam. Mm. Uh, but yes, bravo. Oh. Thank you. I thank you. Did your character uh, have a name or did I miss it? No, she didn't have a name. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't think of one, honestly. That's fair. Yeah. Names are hard. They they really are. They really are hard. Well, I believe then, mm-hmm. if, if, if we have finished discussing my story, then it is time for Up and Comers! This week, our Up and Comer is Laura Murray, uh, a, a Scottish-born singer-songwriter who has a pop soul twist. Um, she is a vocal powerhouse. I need you to know that when we first looked into her, I was not expecting the voice that she has to come out of her. Right. When I when I saw her picture, <laughs> I was not expecting that. She She's reminiscent of Adele, but she has her own unique power and twist to her voice where it's it's not like oh i'm just listening to an adele copycat like that's not what this is she she's just really really talented um definitely check out her ep memories it came out already august 1st 2020 it's on spotify i think my favorite song off of it is proud but i mean every song on that EP is a banger. It's really, really good stuff. If you want to follow her, you can follow her on Twitter at Laura Murray UK and on Instagram and Facebook at Laura Murray Music. So without further ado, go follow her, go listen to her music. And now, time for story number two. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> This yeah. Is, this is exciting. Yeah. It's exciting for me. I get to hear your story now. Yeah. Well, you know, calm your expectations. Don't be like that. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I guess I shall begin with my story. It doesn't really have a title. So the title is just Boys Get Straight. That's fair. Um, inspired by Boys Get Straight. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing to understand about Jack Morello. He was always trying to get on the straight and narrow. And he meant it too. Just one more store and he'd be set up real good. No need for thieving, running, ducking, hiding. He'd get a real job. Maybe a mechanic or a construction worker. Something with his hands that keep his feet heavy on the ground. This hard way of living was a means to an end that nobody worth a damn ever thought a boy like Jack could get. A way to a respectable life. He swore it to himself in the mirror before every run, including tonight. At least he thought he did. He was pretty sure, at least. But the promise of a good life in the siren call of a thief's glory tasted equally as sweet to Jack. Try to reason it out every time, but what made him such a good thief is what made him pretty shit and much else. His feet moved faster than his brain. Better keep up, Jackie boy. A breeze and a maniacal laugh slipped past Jack as he grabbed at the collar of a boy scampering up off the ground. 
can it, Sammy? I beat you any day. Jack hollered at the back of the blonde, blurry figure, leaping off a park bench before turning briefly to the boy at his side. Come on, Alex. We gotta step on it. Not if they catch you first. Sammy turned back to flash a smile as trembling beams of flashlights illuminated the ground at Jack's heels, before continuing to run alongside another tall and lean, blurry frame, crashing through a group of trash cans and hollering down the street with a brown backpack on his shoulder. Ty quit it before you have the whole neighborhood on our tail. Let him try, Jack. Let him try. Ty laughed before knocking down another metal can. You worry too much, Jackie. We just hit it big. Live a little. Whatever. Jack wagered the others were still young enough not to care about straight and narrow. Save for Alex, maybe. A baby on the way, and a girl who cursed Jack every night he came around, will do that to you. Nothing but trouble and a waste of a name, she'd say, as the three of them pulled Alex out, promising it was the last time. Jack wasn't lying when he said it. He meant it. Sammy and Ty, though, well, they wouldn't stop until their hearts did. Sammy loved to fly, and Ty was a ship ready to run aground just to feel the heat of the explosion. A siren blared loud in the distance, quickening the pace of Jack's heart and feet. Uh-oh, rules have changed, boys, Sammy barked. Ty, to the right. Ty made a quick turn down an alley as the others followed. Pulling up a manhole cover, the four boys dropped down into the sewers, placing it behind them. Well, that was a close one, eh? Ty laughed, nudging Jack's shoulder. One of these days, Ty, you're gonna get us all boxed, I swear to God. Well, it's a good thing there ain't gonna be another one of these days then, huh? Sammy smirked, grabbing the bag from Ty. Everything changes after tonight. He opened the bag to reveal their spoils, jewels, cash, heaped in the bottom from the house on the hill. That house was the crown jewel in the heist game, fabled and infamous among thieves. No one who stepped in ever came out to tell the tale. Till tonight. We really did it, Alex marveled, eyes glinting like the diamonds reflecting back at him. You get to take that girl of yours out proper now, Al, Sammy grinned. She'd like that. Kid, he got half a shot at making it with that girl. Jack would always tell Alex as they'd sit on the railroad tracks behind his building. Jack would have never even attempted a store this big if not for Alex. After tonight, they might actually have a chance to get out of this town. Be something. Jack had tried settling down with a love of his own once before. That turned out about as well as anything else in his life. Maybe that's why he liked having Alex around. If Jack couldn't make it anywhere, Alex sure deserved a chance to. Come on, we better keep moving. We aren't home yet. Jack zipped up the bag and began walking along the wall of the sewer tunnel. Always the buzzkill, Jackie. The sewer was dark. Echoes of their hollers mixed in with steady drips and trickles of wastewater flowing beside them. The stench, foul and foreign, turned Jack's stomach, but even the unfriendly scene couldn't dampen their excitement or stop the swelling of their chests. 
Jet, too, letting a smile slip on and off his signature stern face as Ty and Sammy bounded ahead, shoving at each other playfully. He didn't think they could really pull it off, what so many had failed at. But they managed it, in and out, like clockwork. Fuck you, Sammy! An echoing splash snapped Jack's eyes forward to see Ty waist-deep in sewer water as Sammy braced himself against the wall, laughter coloring his face. You asked for it, Ty. Ty? Ty's face was frozen, fixed down on the water below him. Frozen and silent. No characteristic quip from him fired back at Sammy. Ty, what are you doing? Alex asked cautiously as the three boys stared at the pale-faced Ty waiting in the water. Every drip sounding in the sewer seemed to still and quiet, like a kettle just before the whistle. Silence like that don't happen every day in Jack's life. Certainly not with the tie around. But he remained quiet, eyes still ensnared by the murky waters below. Jack followed Ty's gaze, crouching down to look closely at the grayish, glossy surface. A hazy spot of white caught Jack's eye, and he squinted until the shape of a fragmented skull settled into view. Eyes adjusting to dark waters, another submerged bone came into view, then another, and another, an underwater graveyard. Alright, Ty, quit moping and let's get a move on, we ain't got all night, Sammy chided nervously. Shh, shut up, Sammy. You hear that? Jack barked, standing abruptly at a faint stirring of sound beginning to ripple through the sewer. Water sloshing, a chittering snarl rolled up from the depths of the water and throughout the concrete tunnels. Jack had never heard something so ferocious, like a jungle cat, but it shimmered like raking cicadas in the summer. Jackie, what the fuck is that? Sammy pointed just behind Ty. Something large, black, and serpent-like slipped out of the water's surface. Crawling up out of the murky waters, even more serpents rose into the air, inching closer towards Ty's frozen frame. Jack? Sammy whispered. The snake-like figures braced themselves against the walls of the sewer, and the boys looked on in horror as they realized those serpents connected to a large, slimy trunk lifting out of the water, and a head with sharpened, spindly teeth protruding out of it. One of the creature's arms snaked around Ty's leg, and Jack watched the ripples of water around Ty radiate out as he trembled. Run! Jack barked. The boys shook off the shock and turned to run as fast as they could away from the demonic creature. Slipping his leg away, Ty chased after the others as the creature began to pursue them, only for the serpent arms to grip around his torso, pulling him back. Jack could hear the sounds of bones crushing and cracking behind him as he pounded his feet against the concrete. Jack had never in his fast life thought to imagine the scent of blood mixing in with rotting flesh, sewage, and hints of rat piss, but the ungodly concoction splashed up around his feet as he fought against the slick coating it formed on his sneakers, and its stench poured into his flaring nostrils, 
choking Jack at the throat and lurching his stomach. For those uninitiated to such an assault on the senses, its foul presence would worm its way into the memory so deep it turned every sweet rose in summer rain rotten thereafter. Jack certainly would never escape it for the rest of his life, however short that may turn out to be. Don't look back, he barked to Alex, who was trailing behind him. The sewers were a labyrinth, and the boys tore down every tunnel, twist, and turn, trying to lose the creature. It looked straight out of a nightmare and moved just as fast. Jack pushed on with Sammy and Alex at his side, but the dread of no escape haunted behind them. Alex tripped, falling to the ground as the monster turned the corner. Jack swiftly began tugging at Alex's arm, but a serpent arm twisted around him, Alex's foot, pulling him away. Not him, not him, Jack thought. Tugging desperately, Jack tried to free Alex, but the monster's strength overwhelmed him, and Alex's arm slipped out of Jack's grasp. Jackie, come on, Sammy urged frantically as Jack stood frozen for a moment, watching the frightening beast crush the poor boy's body like a cobra with its prey. Sammy grasped at Jack's collar, launching them both back into the sewer tunnel. They turned down every available path, looking for the ladder they came down to no avail. Turning down one more tunnel, the two boys careened into a metal gate, trapping them there between a dead end and the monster not far behind. Jack's feet had never failed him before, but he knew it was only a matter of time until even they couldn't save him. Jack and Sammy stared at the metal barred gate ahead of them, standing motionless with hands clasped together as the monster began to crawl up to them slow, as if savoring the quivering fear in the air. Its foul breath began to tickle the back of Jack's neck as it reached them, and Jack looked over to Sammy who turned back. End of the line, Jackie boy, Sammy whispered. Jack nodded one last time. End of the line. Scene. It's just that the, the, the <laughs> demon teenage meanage needle teetles got him? <laughs> what? No! <laughs> okay, first of all, that was excellent. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about the line of shimmering cicadas in summer for a while. That was a really good line. Um, the story is very good. I'm sad. I'm very happy that you wrote like a creature <laughs> monster story. I love that, especially since we've had a conversation before about how like when it comes to like stuff like horror movies and stuff like that, you're more familiar with like the slasher stuff than you are with, like the creature but you're a really cool creature and <laughs> and now I'm sad but also impressed and I want to see it like I want to see the the, the creepy sea monster with his arms going <laughs> I love it I loved this story I thought for a minute he was going to get out I thought he was going to have to like either a bear the guilt of of tiny Alex dying or or maybe he would save someone and he would die but i didn't expect all of them to die that was cool that was very cool and sad yeah they all died i, I gotta be honest i never really expected any of them to live. <laughs> like, like like that like it was always gonna end like well 
the the end of the lion jackie boy like just stuck out of my head so much like as i was writing that i was like yeah they all gotta die <laughs> also i love that this is what you got from boys get straight i love because <laughs> like theoretically what i what i what i hear this as he's running down the tunnel no but it'd be fucking cool if i did <laughs> like yeah well you know like you i the image that came into my head like before everything was just the image of them like running away from the cops got it that's what i figured it was but i wasn't sure i wasn't sure yeah it was good yeah like that was the first thing but i was like but that's not a story like but that's so cool that you took like okay guys running from the cops into a sewer into snake monster sewer creatures that eat people that's so cool it was mostly just me knowing my audience and i was like (laughs) got you like and you're not wrong and you're not wrong um that was it was really good it was really cool thank you yeah and mostly like i wanted to challenge myself because like you know the point you brought up me not really like knowing a lot of like creature movies like that that's true like i generally like when i watch stuff i watch like horror like scary things i mostly do like slashers or like kind of like murder thrillers like that um and i've certainly never really written a story like this before so i feels like you have in a way like I would believe that you've written creature features before like that's so cool this is your first time you just knock it out of the park okay I loved it though like because like you don't get a lot of cool snaky reptilian sea serpent stories like you just don't which is a shame because we should and I think you just proved that like there's definitely a market for it. (laughs) With all the conversations we've had about the Loch Ness Monster (laughs) in our friendship, I was like, right, you right. (laughs) I was like, this will this will be fun. This will be fun. And it was fun. I enjoyed writing it. It was definitely a test, but like of my own abilities. But I enjoyed it. I'm glad you did because I enjoyed listening to it. So, Yay. thank you. You are you are such a good writer, and like for this to be your first ever, I'm just so impressed. I'm I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Hey, the like it goes both ways. Like for you feeling like you were so stuck on this song to write some what you wrote, like that was crazy, crazy good. And like, like you're always a really great writer, and you just like proved it to me even more with this story. <laughs> I bow to you. We bow, bow to, to each other. Bow to each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we did it, fam. <laughs> we did the damn thing. We did it. <laughs> And, and I think it went well. I think uh, like for our first one, we weren't sure what it was going to be like. We weren't sure how it was going to go or what we would write. Uh, I think this was 
spectacular. We did it. Yeah, it we was fun. It yeah. was fun. Like again, like uh, it was fun to see the two ways that we took it. The same song, and like yeah. they're both crazy different but similar in some ways and I, I like that I love that like we both ended up doing like a horror story ultimately Tis <laughs> <laughs> the season it's on the brain <laughs> yeah that's that's very true um but I hope everyone at home enjoyed this journey I hope everyone at home enjoyed our stories and really really gets to like that you're motivated to go listen to boys get straight now because i want i want everyone to listen and then go what the hell how do they get this from (laughs) right yeah that's that's all i want really (laughs) but um i think i think if that's all we have left to say then yeah, I guess it's time to say goodbye and a giant thank you for listening thank to you. this week's episode of Rhapsody and Reverie. We know it's been a while and we're happy to be back. And we want to give you a really big thank you for checking out this new format. We, yeah. We do really hope you like it. We're really excited about it, as we've said multiple times and uh we're excited to know your thoughts hey i mean we just wrote these stories so if you got thoughts share them with us you know um we have tiny fragile artist egos but like (laughs) listen if you hated it keep it to yourself if you loved it tell us yeah (laughs) you know that's the way and hey if you're inspired to write a story based on boys get straight we hope that you do and let us know how it went for you because it was fun for us uh so maybe it'll be fun for you yeah so without further ado please follow us on facebook and twitter um we are (laughs) at at rhapsody Rhapsody podcast Podcast. we haven't done this in a while (laughs) We are at Rhapsody Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and we are at Rhapsody and Reverie Podcast on Facebook. Thank you. I, I, it's been too long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You should also uh, possibly become a Patreon member, become a patron, because if you do, if you do, we have cool stuff for you, including, but not limited to, the unedited versions of us reading our stories to each other. You get some uh, video because we're we're doing this over a Zoom call. So you get to like see us live reacting to each other's stories um, and some other cool stuff. But I th- I mean, that's that's uh, perks enough, in my opinion. I'm kidding. <laughs> obviously, but, obviously. Um, And yeah, so become a Patreon member, get cool stuff. Subscribe to us, please, 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 on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, whatever Google's podcast app of the month is, since they keep changing it. Uh, Just just go listen to us, please. We want you 
to be the first to know when we've got more episodes out. Um, please check the website for announcements. Uh, RhapsodyInReverie.com, simple enough. And we got lots of cool stuff cooking up in the in the, in the kitchen for you. I'm losing my analogy. Uh- <laughs> in the kitchen, wrist twisting like a stir fry. That's it. Copyright. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, yes. Check out the website, and um, without, yeah, without oh. further ado, we're, we we done. We done. Do do I tell them what next week's song is? Hmm. Do do we tell them? Or we not next week? Ne- not next week. We are now bi-weekly because this is a lot more work, y'all. So. Uh, <laughs> Please value our sanity. Please. Uh, so not next week, but the week after next. Um, eh. Sure, what the hell. Next week's song is I Don't Belong Here by Cat Clyde. So if you're familiar with the song, great. I guarantee you won't know what we're going to create because I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> if you don't know the song, now's your chance. Go listen. Maybe you can pick up uh, some vibes uh, or ideas on what you think we're going to write about. Uh, until next week, I guess. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Should, yeah. Shall we bid adieu? Shall we bid adieu? Adieu? Yeah, I think so. We, we did it. We did. So, goodbye. I want to buy the copyright to that song specifically (laughs) so we could just sing it right otherwise we gotta come up with another intro uh, outro (sighs) another outro god I don't even know I don't have the brain power for that my brain hurty I spent all my energy on writing (laughs) whatever y'all know what it is yeah happy halloween Yeah, enjoy your Halloween, guys. Peace out. Give you some spookiness and peace out. Yeah.